Welcome to Healthy Living, Healthy Planet Radio, sponsored by EarthX, the world's largest environmental experience, and also sponsored by Natural Awakenings Magazine. Live your healthiest life on a healthier planet. Now here's your host, Bernice Butler. Welcome to Healthy Living, Healthy Planet Radio today. We are now in our fourth season, and we remain just as excited as ever, if not more so, to help you explore and understand that unbreakable relationship between your health and the health of the planet. Here we look at the hottest topics related to our environment and its sustainability and how they affect your health and wellness. Here are issues like climate change, plastic pollution, extreme weather events, and others will meet up with everyday impacts like allergies and asthma, digestive issues, gut health, cancers, lung and heart issues and more. So listen in today as we do a very special feature on the 2022 Lancet Countdown Report on Health and Climate Change. Now, this report is in and of itself, it's so very important as to how we navigate our everyday lives in this era of climate change repercussions, both now and in the future. It is at the very heart and essence of Healthy Living, Healthy Planet Radio and our mission to help you explore and understand the unbreakable relationship between your health and the health of the planet, as well as unpacking and exploring. It helps us meet our goals of being responsible explainers-in-chief, as we like to fancy ourselves. Now, the Lancet 2022 Countdown Report on Health and Climate Change is put out by The Lancet, which is one of the oldest medical journals and the world's highest impact academic journal, and it was founded way back in 1823 in England. The report is kind of like the Super Bowl of climate change impact and analysis. It's like the holy grail of evidence-based science and research connecting these two existential components of our lives and of our world. It brings together many academic institutions as well as UN agencies from every continent, and it structures its work across key sections of activities. It is a report that is annually awaited, breathlessly almost, by the world, by governments all over the world, by leaders, decision makers, businesses and policymakers. And we think it's vital to make sure it is known about and brought to the attention of our audience of ordinary people in their everyday lives. The Lancet Countdown Report unapologetically actually analyzes the impact of climate change on human health. And this annual report provides a global overview of how climate change is affecting various aspects of our lives, and it offers recommendations for policymakers and communities on how to mitigate its effects. And so on today's show, we're going to discuss what the Lancet Countdown Report 2022 is, what it's about, and why people should care. The report, as we mentioned, tracks progress on health and climate change across about five key areas like weather, heat waves, air quality, vector-borne diseases, food security and economic impacts, and more. The report combines data from multiple sources to provide a comprehensive picture of how climate change is impacting our public health. It assesses both the immediate impacts and the long-term consequences of environmental degradation. So why should we care about this? 
Well, climate change has become one of the most, if not the most, pressing issues facing our society today. Its effects are being felt in every corner of the world, by everybody, and by most things in the world, all the way from extreme weather events to the spread of infectious diseases. The Lancet Countdown report highlights just how much climate change is impacting our health, again, both now and in the future, and it emphasizes that urgent action needs to be taken to address these challenges. And it's essential for everyone to take note of the reports because they provide vital information for tackling uh, some of the most significant public health issues caused by climate change and some of the things that we really are experiencing day to day now. Climate change needs more buy-in at all levels, especially local, and we can only do that when we have knowledge. But locally, particularly, because that's where decisions are made that affect our day-to-day life, decisions that are much closer than ever before. And so combining strong political will with actionable evidence-based recommendations from scientific experts will make all the difference in protecting our climate and protecting ourselves and our families and ensuring long-term sustainability for future generations of our families. As well, this report helps us to recognize and understand what we already are seeing and feeling that's happening in our world today, all the way from immigration issues that most developed nations are experiencing to the snow in California to the storm NATOs that we've been experiencing in North Texas to the price hikes of our seafood. And the Lancet report offers solutions. In fact, the report emphatically states in this year's or in 2022 edition that at this critical juncture, an immediate health-centered response can still secure a future in which world populations can not only survive, but thrive. And I love that they make that point. But this is a lot. And for us to be effective in helping to navigate our daily lives, as well as being effective in helping to to navigate our, our policymakers, we must understand this or at least know about it. So here today to help us understand this some more and unpack it are two experts who've actually been involved uh, in the Lancet Countdown Report this year and in previous years. We have with us Dr. Lalitha Supranene, and she is an assistant professor of internal medicine with a public health degree from John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Lalitha is a practicing physician at the M Health Fairview University of Minnesota Medical Center in Minneapolis, and she's a national board member of Physicians for Social Responsibility. Lalitha has been with us before a couple of years ago, and she's involved in how physicians can play an active role in advocating for clean climate policies that promote planetary health. She's been a reviewer on the Lancet Countdown Report on Health and Climate Change, uh, U.S. Policy Brief, since 2019, and she has co-authored white papers on health harms of fossil fuels. Welcome, Lalitha, and we're so happy you could join us today. Thank you so much for having me, Bernice. Thank you. And our other guest is Naomi Baylor. Naomi is Director of the Climate Change and Global Health Initiative at the University of California, San Francisco Institute of Global Health Sciences. And Naomi has worked for over a decade in the U.S. and internationally to lead health programs, research, and advocacy on climate change and public health. Naomi additionally served as the co-lead author of the 2022 Lancet Countdown 
U.S. policy brief that we're going to discuss today. Welcome, Naomi, and we're so happy that you could join us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you, ladies. I, I want to start out today with uh, Naomi. Could you tell us exactly what is the Lancet Countdown Report? I've attempted to give my explanation, but I, I'm sure yours has to be better than mine. Yeah, absolutely. So the Lancet Countdown, like you said, it's an annual report designed to track our progress on a series of indicators on climate change and health. And these indicators look, um, just like you said, at a range of issues. They look at the health impacts of climate change. They look at our ability to respond to these impacts. How well can we adapt? And what are the health benefits of mitigating climate change? And they also look at the economic and political context um, for climate change and climate action. And it is truly a global collaboration, bringing together over 120 scientists and health professionals from around the world to give this annual sort of status update on what is happening with climate change. And then here in the U.S., we develop an accompanying policy brief that really digs specifically into the state of climate change and health here in the U.S. and the policy recommendations of what we can do here um, at home to address these health impacts of climate. Indeed. Naomi, how long has the um, countdown report on um, health and climate change been published and worked on? So the first uh, global Lancet countdown report was published in 2015, and that kind of laid the groundwork for understanding, are we making progress on these indicators of climate change and health? And in the U.S., we've been developing the policy brief since 2018, I believe, giving that deep dive into what's happening here, um, how our communities across the U.S. experiencing these climate impacts. And what can we do about it in our policy solutions? And I should say that the U.S. policy brief is developed through a really incredible collaboration of over 80 leading organizations working on climate change and health. Our working group includes academic research institutions, public health and medical professional societies, non-governmental and environmental justice organizations, and federal science and technical advisors from every region in the country. And because we're working in such deep collaboration with so many leaders to co-develop these recommendations, it really is a powerful message from the health community on why taking action on climate change is so critical to protecting our health now and in the future. Indeed. Thank you. We're going to go to break here. But when we come back, I want to come back to you briefly again, Naomi, because I want to talk about the the buy-in to it and how do we see that? How do we know that? And then how do ordinary people in the everyday lives actually experience that buy-in? So we'll be right back on the other side. We want to give a shout out now to our sponsors. That is Natural Awakenings, Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex Magazine, The Green, Healthy and Sustainable Living Authority for the DFW Metroplex and North Texas communities. Print issues of Natural Awakenings can be found in all North Texas HEB stores, natural grocers, central markets, Sunflower Shops, and many, many other locations, as well as available free for download online at nadallas.com. Check them out. Our other sponsor is North Haven Gardens. Serving the Metroplex since 1951, the most respected horticultural establishment in North Texas. Offering gardening and plant education, concierge services, DIY classes, gifts, and more. Check them out at nhg.com. 
Com. Our other sponsor is Lynn Dental Care. Practicing dentistry for over 38 years with a holistic approach, looking at the whole body. Specializing in periodontics, Dr. Lynn is board certified by the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. Check them out at lynndentalcare.com. Thank you, sponsors. Welcome back to Healthy Living, Healthy Planet Radio to today's show on the Lancet Countdown Report 2022 on climate change and health. And we are here with two experts, both of whom have involvement with this report. We're back with Dr. Lalitha Supranene, who is a practicing physician with M Health, Fairview University of Minnesota Medical Center in Minneapolis, and with Naomi Baylor, who is Director of Climate Change and Global Health at the University of California, San Francisco. Again, welcome both of you all, and thank you so much for making time from your busy schedules to join us. I want to go back briefly to Naomi, and you were telling us, really giving us a a better, much better than I, description of what the Lancet Countdown Report is. But I want to talk about buy-in. How do you know, how do you measure that people are buying into the report? And by buy-in, I mean they're, they're taking that valuable information and they're using it. And then how do people, maybe everyday ordinary people, how do they experience that buy-in? Yeah, that's a great question. So like I said, this report is developed collaboratively with community leaders, scientists, policy advisors from across the country. And we work together over many months to look through the data, sift through all the recent data, look at all the recent scientific reports and evidence, um, and look at what's happening in our policy environment um, to make recommendations um, really based in the leading scientific evidence. And we work together to make those recommendations collaboratively with the buy-in of, like I said, over 80 leading organizations across the country who all come together to help develop the, the program report. And then we, um, you know, work to spread that message through events like this one today, joining you, um, but also in our academic research institutions, sharing it with our students, uh, providing materials that doctors can share with their patients. So we're really trying to raise that awareness about the health impacts of climate change and provide information to our decision makers at all levels, from our communities to our federal government, on what can be done, because there are so many solutions available to us today. And maybe Lalisa also might have some some insight on how this gets used um, by health professionals and by community members. Yeah, and I do want you to weigh in on this, Lalitha. For example, uh, do we see any of the recommendations show up in maybe federal legislation, like the Inflation mm-hmm. Reduction Act? Or were there any recommendations or things that you knew had been talked about or explored or researched in the Lancet Report in that? Same thing with maybe um, some various state activities, policies, or legislation? Are you seeing anything like that? Same thing with companies. And that's my other question. Is there any, mm-hmm. what is the business buy-in or the business sector, uh, corporate sector participation in this? 
Yeah, I think the main takeaway from this report is that climate change is impacting our health here and now. And so I do uh, use it as a guide to when I speak with legislators uh, at the state level. I've also presented this data at uh, state capital when we do testimonies and talk about the importance of why we need urgent climate action and how public health of Minnesotans is being impacted today. You know, the report has a lot of data, but then as clinicians, we're seeing uh, patients who are suffering from these impacts, whether that's allergies or asthma or extreme heat. And so we uh, use that data and those personal experiences to uh, paint that picture to our legislators. And in terms of industry, as you were asking, you know, I think within the healthcare industry, making sure that not only we reduce our emissions uh, and the importance of that, but also how do we prepare for these upcoming public health issues? You know, how do we help our communities deal with extreme heat or in areas like maybe outside of Minnesota in, you know, California or uh, the Gulf Coast, how do we prepare for extreme weather events? So these are conversations that arise from the Lancet Countdown Report. Indeed. And I don't think, I know I didn't realize, but I don't think a lot of other people realize, well, maybe they do now after COVID, realize the impact of the healthcare system. <laughs> on our lives, Absolutely. our livelihood, and our existence. We actually had um, maybe about two or three shows ago, We that was one of the topics of conversation. And again, most of mm. us don't think about it, but I think it did come to light with COVID. You know, when you were having hospitals and rural hospitals actually closed down from being so overwhelmed. So that is something we have to be concerned about because there will be future COVIDs. And I have to think, too, we'll see similar things if we have uh, – some extreme weather events in some areas that are not prepared and do not have uh, resilient uh, healthcare infrastructure. So that is important uh, as well. Uh, but is there, and I know we have lots of academic science research, is there any business sector involvement in the report? Yeah, that's a great question. So we don't have business partners who are part of our working group right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But like Lalita said, there is so much work happening within the healthcare sector. um, And so many of our working group members are working with their health facilities and their health systems to think about how to decarbonize health systems, which contribute um, quite a lot to the carbon footprint of the U.S., and also to think about how to prepare, like you said, our healthcare system and our, our public health systems, our hospitals um, for climate events to make sure that we can provide the healthcare that's needed in times of climate emergency. Indeed. And I think, though, that healthcare is so important because, as, as you all both know, that's the, the purpose and the mission of Healthy Living, Healthy Planet Radio is to be able to just unpack it, show it, explain to ordinary people in their everyday lives how the environment is affecting their health and that the two are unbreakably interconnected. And I think that's important because it's going to be us ordinary people in our everyday lives whose job it is really to drive policy, to drive legislation, and to drive business by our buying patterns, by our advocacy, and the things that we do day to day, which is why I think it's so important that we understand this. So I want to go back to Naomi briefly. And and what topics, let us know, what topics are covered in the Lancet Countdown Report of 2022 and are the same topics covered every year? And then who determines that? Yeah. 
So, like I said, the Lancet Countdown, the global Lancet Countdown, tracks a series of indicators um, across a bunch of domains. And so we do look at the same or roughly the same indicators um, year on year, which kind of gives us a snapshot over time of the state and climate and health. Um, but we do focus on slightly different issues every year. And this year we focused on a few main issues. Uh, first, we looked at heat and extreme heat. Um, looking at what are the trends in extreme heat across the U.S. and what that means for our health um, in terms of the health impact, the different diseases and the mortality that are experienced as a result of extreme heat. This year, we also had a large focus on air pollution. Um, we know that climate change is driven predominantly by the burning of fossil fuels. And not only does burning fossil fuels contribute to greenhouse gas emissions that result in climate change, but they also contribute to very dangerous levels of air pollution that is harmful for our health. And air pollution from fossil fuel combustion harms almost every major organ system in our body. Um, you know, everything from heart disease to childhood asthma uh, results from exposure to particulate pollution. And so we look at those health impacts of air pollution for our community. And then lastly, we look at mental health. Uh, this year. And, and we know that climate change not only affects our physical bodies, but it takes a tremendous toll on our mental health. And so we, we offered that as a focus for this year's report. So mental, was mental health new this year? Yes, mental health was a new topic this year. Yeah, because ever since we've been doing this show, and again, we are in our fourth year, it's been coming up, you know, but it's been coming up kind of on the tail end. But I think that is good because mental health is a big thing nationally, publicly now, especially as it relates to our youth. And, and so I think that's it, it's prime. The time is prime to talk about that and certainly to advocate or explain and have conversations about the effect of climate change on mental health. It's it's fertile <laughs> right now because I think that that normally is probably a subject that it's a little maybe difficult for people to grasp intuitively. And we've just got a couple of minutes to to go. So I want to talk um, to Lalitha now, begin the conversation with Lalitha, (laughs) about telling us what were some of the main findings of the 2022 countdown report that were related to our our health that were new or that you were were substantive. I won't say substantive because everything Lancet does is substantive. I want to say new or maybe (laughs) attention-getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as Naomi was saying, you know, heat and air pollution from burning fossil fuels are kind of the big uh, topics that are covered almost every year, especially because extreme heat is uh, one of the most dangerous uh, weather-related uh, heat uh, health impacts in the U.S. And so the report showed that as our summers are getting hotter from climate change, uh, children and elderly are living through more extreme heat days. And this is really important because people over 65 years of age and infants under one year of age have a really hard time coping with extreme heat. And so these are uh, the age groups that are most likely to end up with heat illness, um, you know, whether that's coming to the ER or have to be hospitalized. You know, and in terms of air pollution, another uh, finding was that uh, in 2020, there were approximately 32,000 deaths in the U.S. from air pollution, and 37% of these were related to burning fossil fuels. 
And I think that's a main issue that we highlighted in the report uh, is that with both of these and all of the health impacts, a key point is that some communities are being hit harder than others, which makes climate change a health equity issue. Indeed. We're going to go to break and we'll come back to you right on the other side, Naomi, because I want to unpack uh, a couple of things you said a lot more. We'll be right back on the other side. Thank you. Welcome back to Healthy Living, Healthy Planet Radio today. To our show today on the 2022 Lancet Countdown Report on Health and Climate Change. And as I mentioned earlier, this annual report is like the Super Bowl, I feel, of research reports on health impacts due to climate change. And certainly researchers and scientists, it's almost like the holy grail. And we have uh, two people who are intimately involved with this report. We have back with us Dr. Lalitha Supranene, who is a physician at the M Health Fairview University of Minnesota Medical Center in Minneapolis. And we have Naomi Baylor, who is director of the Climate Change and Global Health Initiative at UC San Francisco Global Health Sciences Department. And again, thank you, ladies. You're very busy, and we really appreciate you making time uh, to be with us today to try to help our audience and me (laughs) unpack and understand some of this. Now, before the break, Naomi, you were telling us um, about some of the, the, the main findings. Was there anything in there that was maybe jaw dropping? surprising or just startling with the report? Yeah. So one thing that, you know, I don't know if I would say that it's jaw dropping, but that just is really striking to me is that, you know, we, we know that climate change is affecting our health. Now we see it in every part of our body, every part of our mental health. But what we also found is that there are so many solutions available to us that can both address climate change and improve our health and make our communities safer and healthier places for us to all live. And so that that reason for action and that reason for hope, you know, to me really resonated this year, particularly as we saw, like you mentioned, there is starting to be action at the federal level with the Inflation Reduction Act. States are starting to take so much action on climate. And so I think that message of hope really resonated with me because these indicators, these statistics can absolutely be overwhelming um, and they can feel daunting, um, but we have a lot that we can do to change the way that our societies run, to move away from dirty energy and towards clean energy that is healthy um, for us and for our planet. And I I like that too. It jumped out at me, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, when it said at this critical juncture, an immediate health-centered response can still secure a future in which our world population not only survives but thrives. Now, Lalita, though, I want you, can you tell us what you mean there when they say an immediate health-centered response? I like that because that's within our, I think more people perceive that's within our control, and it certainly is important. So what do you mean by health-centered response? And then give us some examples. Yeah, definitely. And reflecting on your question that you were um, asking Naomi as mm-hmm. well, I think one of the things that stood out in this report is not just 
health impacts of climate change, but also the health impacts from the what we call the entire life cycle of uh, fossil fuels. You know, oftentimes in the in advertising and in the news, we hear that natural gas is you know supposedly clean and is very it's it's better than others. However, we found that um, right from the time we frack for natural gas all the way you know till we burn it, there's impacts. And these health impacts start at the time when you're in your mother's womb all the way to the end of life. And I think that's what was really startling. So, for example, in southern Texas, pregnant women who live near areas with routine flaring, they have a 50 percent higher chance of giving birth prematurely. Um, And, you know, babies born prematurely can have problems lifelong. And babies born to mothers near fracking wells, they have higher rates of congenital heart disease and nervous system problems. Children can have increased risk of leukemia. Adults have higher rates of asthma. And people living closer to fracking wells die prematurely. And, you know, the other big part is that these impacts are not felt equally. Uh, For example, Hispanic residents in this region in southern Texas are exposed to more flares. So if you think about it, if we continue to use natural gas, we are, in a sense, outsourcing all of these health impacts to these communities so that uh, we continue our reliance. And when we stop fracking and the air pollution, you know, decreases, that cleaner air will have an immediate um, impact on health. And I'll tell you an example. So here in the, you know, Minneapolis, we have the I-94 highway, and there's communities around there who are working to make sure that the highway is not expanded. And so one of the moms told me that growing up um, next to the highway, her son had asthma, yet to miss a lot of school. Uh, and, you know, he couldn't play as much as his friends were able to. And we know that because exposure to air pollution impacts the development of lungs in children. But once he was old enough and he went to college, his asthma almost completely disappeared. But then when he comes home, he has trouble breathing. Um, so this is why I think, you know, we have those immediate health benefits when we clean up our air uh, and when we stop burning fossil fuels. Indeed. And that, that that needs to be widely known by everybody who has allergies and, and asthma. Uh, I know I had asthma as a child, but thank goodness I grew out of it as I got older. But I know a number of people, including one I'm looking at, that got asthma as adults. And I always wonder about that, but I still always am very grateful that mine, mine went away, but I'm also mindful it could come back. So <laughs> that is an issue. And, you know, we used to have fracking here in North Texas, and we actually... Uh, a community just to the north of us enacted a law that I believe has been overturned. The basis of that community activism about fracking in North Texas, though, was more environmental. I think, my opinion, health is probably a much, much, much more impactful vehicle to use to get people motivated to, to take action because everybody does indeed care about their health. Now, going back, though, to just a moment with with mental health, talk to us a little bit about that. How do you tell? What do you see? What can we do as it relates to the impact of climate change on mental health? I'm going to start with Lalitha on that. Thank you. Uh, so there's there different ways in which climate change impacts our health. For example, uh, during extreme heat, 
that definitely has an effect on, um, you know, if you have pre-existing mental health illness like anxiety or depression, that can definitely impact it uh, and worsen it during extreme heat waves. And not only that, um, the medications we give people for psychiatric conditions, um, they can actually make you more likely and more susceptible to heat-related illness, like getting a heat stroke. So it makes it just uh, harder for people to tolerate that extreme heat. And there's also other impacts, like, for example, after, you know, hurricanes or wildfires where people are displaced from their homes, we know that uh, that can lead to PTSD as well, especially in children, uh, there's uh, heavy mental health impacts. And uh, people who are closest to the land, like indigenous communities, seeing the destruction of land or changing um, climate impacting the uh, plants and animals in their in their community that does have an impact on mental health and cultural practices as well. And Lalitha, you've said too a number of times that um, climate change is a health equity issue. Unpack that for us. How is it? Why is it a health equity issue? Right. Um, so, you know, what it means at the, like, if we boil it down is that while every one of us is going to be impacted by climate change, some people are hit harder than others. So, you know, for example, let's say there's a heat wave uh, in our city and let's think through who will be hit hardest by it. Right. So maybe those who have to work outdoors. So construction workers or farmers. And the people who take care of our lawns. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And those who are experiencing homelessness uh, or maybe those who can't pay their electric bills and cannot turn on their air conditioning. But it could also be, you know, a child with asthma and hot polluted air can trigger asthma attacks. So maybe they have an asthma attack on their way to school or maybe it's our parents and our grandparents, you know, just going to the grocery store during a heat wave. um, You know, they could pass out from the heat and um, that could lead to a hospitalization. So not everyone is impacted to the same degree, but, you know, just as we all breathe air, we all experience the weather around us. And so while this is an equity issue and while some communities are hit harder, uh, someone in our family, our friends might be hit harder than us. So this is a concern for all of us and not just some, you know, for vulnerable communities. Indeed. And we just have a minute to to go, but uh, thank you for bringing that. And I think, as you mentioned, too, it is, even though some are hit harder, it does indeed unequivocally affect all of us. Uh, Because I was thinking, as you mentioned, you know, know, people cut my my lawn. And when it's not cut in the summer after rain, it looks horrendous and can get up to the ankles. And those people who are out there working in the heat like that are affected. But nevertheless, I'm not out there doing the work, but it affects me. And that's just a very small way. And it's doing those kinds of things over and over again. And it's creating... Uh, a wave, a whiplash almost through the community, similar to how COVID hit hard for our essential workers. You know, those of us who are not part of those vulnerable uh, communities are nevertheless impacted by the fact that it is hitting a lot of those communities. We're going to go to break now and we'll be right back on the other side with Dr. Lalitha Supernene and Naomi Baylor. Thank you all. 
We want to give a shout out now to our sponsors. That is Natural Awakenings, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex Magazine, the Green, Healthy, and Sustainable Living Authority for the DFW Metroplex and North Texas communities. Print issues of Natural Awakenings can be found in all HEB stores, central markets, sunflower shops, and many, many other locations, as well as available free for download online at nadallas.com. Our other sponsor is North Haven Gardens, serving the Metroplex since 1951, the most respected horticultural establishment in North Texas, offering gardening and plant education, concierge services, DIY classes, gifts, and more. Check them out at nhg.com. And our other sponsor is Lynn Dental Care, practicing dentistry for over 38 years with a holistic approach, non-mercury looking at the whole body. Specializing in periodontics, Dr. Lynn is board certified by the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. Check them out at lindentalcare.com. Thank you, sponsors. Welcome back to Healthy Living, Healthy Planet Radio. To today's show on the 2022 Lancet Countdown Report on Health and Climate Change. And again, this is the Super Bowl and the Holy Grail Report with scientific documented evidence about how climate change is indeed impacting our health and our lives. And we are back with Dr. Lalita Supranene, uh, who is a practicing physician in Minnesota, and Naomi Baylor, who is Director of Climate Change and Global Health at UC San Francisco. And again, thank you, ladies, so much for for making time in your busy schedules to be with us. So I want to go back now to Lalitha and talk about how is climate change expected to most likely impact human health in the near term, according to the report. What are the things we need to have our eyes open for or be alert for as we come upon the near term? Yeah, I think, you know, as we talked about, extreme heat and air quality are going to continue to be major issues that we have to focus on. And um, there's also emerging evidence on mental health, as we talked about. But there are uh, issues like, for example, pollen is increasing, pollen season is increasing, and the amount of pollen produced is, being, uh, is also increasing, which uh, results not only in, you know, runny noses and uh, itchy eyes, but also having asthma attacks if uh, someone's asthma can be triggered by that. Uh, climate change is also impacting infectious diseases. As you had mentioned at the top of the hour, um, Lyme disease is of concern because hotter winters are making it easier for the deer tick that carries Lyme to spread northwards, um, as well as the season for Lyme disease is starting earlier in the spring. So there's all these emerging ways in which climate change is impacting our health, um, and that's why the report focuses on actions that we need to take to uh, protect our health and protect our climate. So is that what you mean when you say when the report really, it does it in a pop-out, when they talk about an immediate health-centered response? What does that mean, and what can we do, and what are we doing? Right. So in terms of actions, you know, that we can take, these are policy-level recommendations that the report gives. 
So um, I, if when we think about, well, how do we get these policies to be implemented, you know, whether that's uh, clean energy or clean transportation, once we stop burning fossil fuels, that will have an immediate impact on our health. So how do we do that? So this is the work that I do when I'm outside of the hospital. You know, I work with my colleagues and advocate for clean climate policies through a nonprofit, um, Health Professionals for Healthy Climate, and also Physicians for Social Responsibility. Responsibility. So your listeners can take action by talking to their legislators, sharing the stories if they're already experiencing the health impacts of climate change. But I know um, that, you know, um, by doing this type of work in Minnesota, we just passed a 100 percent clean energy bill. Um, so that's very working within communities is one thing that we can do. But policy is not everyone's cup of tea. And so I think the other really good way is to figure out what can we do in the places that we, you know, so to frame it, like work, play. Um, and so that may mean, you know, uh, get together with your neighbors and make sure that you check on the elderly when there's heat waves or at your place of work, maybe you uh, all uh, come together and appeal to your employer to switch to a cleaner source of energy. Or at your child's school, you ask to switch to electric school buses so that you can clean up the you know, air and benefit the health of your children and also climate. So I do think that we need to go beyond individual solutions. Like, I don't think we can change light bulbs and expect to fix climate change anymore. And so we really need to work together to pool our talents and our energies to create long-lasting change. Indeed. But as you were talking, I can think of some ways. A lot of times what does start at home then encourages people to to take that outside of their home. Um, And one of the things you mentioned and many of our guests on the show mentioned that if it combusts, it creates air pollution. So stop things that combust in your own home. And as you do that and become more sensitive to it, then you will be encouraged to want to advocate for that same thing in, like you said, other places you are, like your job, uh, like your kid's school. You know, switch from that gas stove to to electric everywhere that's, that's around you. I want to talk about kind of the immediate health. What can we do, people do, uh, for their immediate health to try to protect against some of this. And, and, and I ask you that as a physician, because I know that you're seeing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so climate change has very geographically specific health impacts, right? And they can also be very seasonal. So, for example, if we're talking about heat, I think uh, figuring out um, a plan for when first is improving your knowledge. So is there going to be a heat wave in my city? So being aware of those weather alerts and then making sure we come up with a plan to reduce exposure. So, for example, if uh, similarly for air pollution, you can check the air quality index. And so, you know, minimizing time outside when you have poor air quality, Um, maybe work from home that day, you know, and uh, if it is going to be, if you have asthma or underlying illnesses, talking to your doctor about having an action plan, say you have to go out in polluted air and you have an asthma attack, how are you going to take care of that? 
like I said, it's seasonal. So in Minnesota, I talk to my patients uh, in the spring about allergies and being more aware of Lyme disease. Uh, So that's going to mean, you know, when you go out into wooded areas for recreation, you, you know, tuck your pants into your socks and make sure that you're not being exposed to ticks. And in the summer, I talk to them about protecting their health from heat as well as um, air quality. Uh, It's really very personalized. So I think at the end of the day, based on what your age is, what your illnesses that you might have, um, the specific advice might vary. And so I would encourage all of your listeners to bring this up with their uh, clinicians so that they can get the best advice for them. Something else that you mentioned in conversation leads me to something else, too, and that is you mentioned a little while ago that the heat can have some effects or interaction with some medications. So I I, Mm -hmm. I know for me, I don't take a lot of medications, but the next time any doctor ever recommends for me, I'm going to ask them. You know, typically you you ask them what are the downsides or what are the um, side effects. So now I'm going to ask, how does heat, because, you know, we're extreme heat central here in North Texas. And so I'm going to ask them, how might this medication interact with the heat? That's a very good point. Yeah, and that may be something that we need to roll out, you know, just in general. You know how, like, people are always admonished. Ask your doctor what are the side effects. So that needs, and second, so the second widespread needs to be how is this going to interact with heat or in some areas cold weather or something like that. Absolutely. Uh, Naomi, I want to come back to you and talk about, even though I know this is about health and climate change, Undoubtedly, y'all ran across some environmental issues like, well, obviously fossil fuel. But were there any more or new or perhaps surprising environmental issues and impacts that were reflected or that were discussed or talked about um, by way of looking at the health impacts and climate change? Yeah, so we did look at some of the main um, climate change-related environmental changes that we're experiencing already here in the U.S. We've talked a lot about heat and how climate change is creating longer, hotter summers, more extreme and more intense heat waves, um, and that those climate impacts have really tremendous and cascading impacts on, on our health and our mental health. And we talked about air pollution and this how, you know, air pollution from burning fossil fuels is, is bad for our health. But climate change itself is actually making air pollution worse as well. You know, we see more and more wildfires that create smoke that's extremely hazardous. And now in some western states, like here where I am in California, um, wildfire smoke actually makes up a huge amount of the particulate pollution that we have in our communities. And so as we see more wildfire related to climate change, that air pollution is getting even worse. Similarly, with the drought that we've been experiencing, and, and we've had very wet, uh, very, very wet winter here recently, but we have been in extreme drought that creates dust that, again, creates air pollution that's really harmful for health. So, you know, we do look at kind of that intersection of the way um, that climate change affects our, our environment and how that cascades down to our health. What about, what about plant and animal life that we depend upon? Uh, because, again, I, you all have both mentioned that extreme heat was a big focus uh, and topic that came out of that, that report. And so did, was there discussion or how is that impacting 
the, the, the plant and animal life that we also depend upon for sustenance? That's a great question. And, you know, we didn't directly look at plant and animal health, although, of course, our, our ecosystems are deeply affected by climate change. Um, but what we do mention in the report, and I think it's important to remember, is that climate change doesn't just directly affect our health through extreme heat. It affects our whole communities, our social systems, our hospital systems, our public health infrastructure, our economies. And those are all things that we rely on. Indeed. Healthy. Thank you. And we just have just a, a, a little less than a minute ago, and I'm giving uh, Lalitha the last word. Are you seeing in your work uh, any impact on the, the plant and, and, and animal life that we depend upon as a result of climate change? Yeah, as a physician, my focus is mostly on human health. But as I was mentioning earlier with Lyme disease, you know, we do see that even insect uh, populations, uh, vegetation, all of these can, as they start shifting because of climate change, that can ultimately have an impact on our health. Indeed. Like you said, with Lyme disease, but also, and we'll talk about it perhaps on another show, is, is the impact on our food system. And obviously, mm-hmm. we have to depend upon that food for good health and substance. But I have to think that just like it's impacting our health, it's, a, it's impacting plant health life and maybe um, marine health life. And all of that we depend upon as well. Uh, but again, thank you, ladies. There's never, ever enough time to explore these interesting subjects. And we hope to be able to talk with you all again as we focus in on the Lancet Countdown 2023 report to see what's new then. Thank you so much. We've been today with Dr. Lalitha Supranene who is um, a practicing physician in Minnesota. And we've been with Naomi Baylor, who is at UC San Francisco. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for listening in today to Healthy Living, Healthy Planet Radio. The conversation starts here, but our goal is for it to continue in your home, in your social circles, your workplaces, at the water cooler, in the grocery checkout line, and at the kitchen table so that we can all work together to realize that healthy living is simply not possible without a healthy planet. Our culture is the result of a trillion tiny acts taken by billions of people every day, like yourselves. And each of those tiny acts can seem insignificant, but all of them add up, one way or the other, to the change that we each live through. This is your host, Bernice Butler. Thank you for listening in today. And join us again next week for more Healthy Living, Healthy Planet Radio. And listen to any of our past shows on podcast wherever you get yours. Thank you.